an account on Instagram that's devoted to posting witty one-liners. Shower thoughts, if you will. Usually these posts contain pithy gems of wisdom, like, Most men are buried in suits, so a zombie apocalypse would be a very formal event. But recently, one of these humorous insights caught my eye precisely because it wasn't that funny at all. Instead, it was the key to small-scale climate resilience and food security in vulnerable urban populations. The post went like this. The trees planted on city sidewalks should be replaced with fruit trees so the homeless have something to eat in the summer and fall. Brilliant, but unoriginal. The idea of urban agriculture has captivated climate scientists and social policy analysts since the 1980s. But the concept of community farming dates back even further. Thousands of years ago, indigenous tribes cultivated small-scale food forests that were distinctly different from the monoculture crops introduced by colonialists. Food security is simply defined as having reliable access to a sufficient quantity of affordable, nutritious food at all times. However, over 8 million people worldwide face food insecurity at this very moment. Many of these individuals are small business farmers who rely on agriculture for both income and sustenance. As climate change intensifies, rural farming communities face crop failures, loss of livelihood, and, of course, hunger. While unfortunate, this example of food insecurity is pretty intuitive. But what about folks who live in cities or suburban areas? Fresh air farmers markets just a short stroll away, organic grocery stores teeming with everything from jicama to tofu jerky, and vegan grain bowl bars dotting every block. Cities can seem like a cornucopia of healthy food. So urban food insecurity shouldn't be an issue, right? Not quite. Food deserts are geographical regions where it's difficult for citizens to buy affordable, nutritious food. The nearest grocery store is more than a mile away. Take Washington, D.C. About 11% of our nation's capital qualifies as a food desert. 80% of these food deserts are located in wards 7 and 8, which are predominantly African-American communities. These wards also face some of the most extreme heat in the entire city. This is not a coincidence. Climate vulnerability and food insecurity are both inextricably linked, not only to each other, but to historically racist housing policies employed in the mid-1900s. Communities of color have long been deprived of equitable access to green spaces in cities, a phenomenon that stems from zoning and lending policies that favor the wealthy. Redlining was the practice of refusing housing loans to prospective buyers living in minority neighborhoods that the federal government deemed risky investments because of their racial composition. This practice effectively segregated our nation's capital by limiting non-white residents to underfunded neighborhoods while pushing white buyers into affluent, tree-lined communities replete with parks. Today, climate change vulnerability maps depict an angry red rash of excessive heat in the low-income, majority-minority neighborhoods in Southeast D.C., while the gentrified areas to the west are swathed in shade.
The prevalence of food insecurity in Southeast DC can be traced to a modern-day practice eerily similar to the redlining of the 1900s, supermarket redlining, which occurs in the same wards that were redlined decades before, describes chain supermarkets' refusal to locate in inner-city low-income districts and stripping away existing grocery stores in favor of wealthier locations. Often, cheaper fast food chains take the place of supermarkets and residents turn to these options in the absence of affordable, nutritious, and nearby meals. As climate change worsens, food prices continue to rise, which further exacerbates patterns of supermarket redlining and urban food insecurity. Studies show that extreme heat is also linked to malnutrition, an especially dangerous combination considering that the communities most vulnerable to climate change also face the highest rates of food insecurity. Our own nation's capital exemplifies how systemic racism thrusts minorities deep into the fault lines of the climate catastrophe. Let's journey back through space and time to a shady forest in Morocco 2,000 years ago. Long before colonialists demanded that indigenous communities chop down native plants to make room for monocrop plantations, locals employed a sustainable farming system called agroforestry. Indigenous communities noticed that allowing different species of edible plants to coexist as they grow actually increases the yield. For example, the Iroquois and the Cherokee tribes native to America discovered that planting the three sisters, corn, beans, and squash, alongside one another is mutually beneficial. The beans naturally fertilize the corn and squash plants, while the corn stalks provide a sturdy stalk for the bean plants to climb. The squash deters weeds from growing around the beans and corn. In tropical settings, the potpourri of wild banana, guava, figs, and citrus are a microcosm of the rainforest itself. There's no need to clear the forest if produce thrives right alongside wild plants. Contrary to today's monoculture crops, the goal of agroforestry is not to maximize the output of a single species. Instead, this indigenous farming technique develops a self-sustaining, biodiverse system that can be harvested year-round. This translates into consistent food security without inducing irrigation-related water shortages, soil erosion, fertilizer runoff, deforestation, and greenhouse gas emissions. While monoculture crops deplete the soil of vital nutrients and emit tremendous quantities of carbon dioxide and struggle to withstand the effects of climate change, agroforestry derives strength from diversity. Not only is this indigenous innovation exceptionally climate resilient, it actually sequesters carbon dioxide. It's no wonder that climate scientists are advocating for the implementation of agroforestry in commercial agriculture systems around the world. As drought-stricken monocrops struggle to grow in the tired soil, food insecurity continues to worsen. The ripple effect of this climate-induced hunger crisis disproportionately impacts urban food deserts. Which brings me back to that Instagram post I mentioned earlier. By bringing agroforestry into cities, we can simultaneously remedy food insecurity while mitigating the impacts of climate change. Food forests apply agroforestry techniques on a small scale. 
also called urban agriculture, these low-maintenance, affordable mini-farms can help feed communities where fresh produce is otherwise unavailable. In southeast D.C., where shade is sparse, air pollution is pervasive, and food insecurity is rampant, community food forests are a promising remedy. An urban orchard containing just 15 trees can sequester 2.7 tons of carbon dioxide over 25 years and yield close to $1,000 worth of produce annually. Although urban agriculture can't turn food deserts into oases overnight, they can certainly offer some relief. A community effort, food forests can start conversations about climate change, agriculture, and nutrition while providing a framework for long-term food security. In addition to supplying fresh fruits and veggies year-round, food forests shade vulnerable communities from intensifying heat. Biodiverse vegetation even helps purify the city air. Many residents of D.C. have deep historical and cultural roots in the city. Ever resilient and enriched by its diversity, our nation's capital proves time and again a fertile ground for change. As the climate changes, it's time for Washington to plant the seeds of a food revolution. (laughs) 